Let's just take a moment of quiet and ask God to speak to us this morning from his word. Father, thank you for the opportunity of having a word read to us. Pray that as we look at it now, as we consider what you want to say to us, that you will open our hearts and minds, our lives, to your truth. And receiving your truth, we may live it in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you very much, Neil, for your warm welcome. It's uh, nice to be back here. Um, we had 10 wonderful years here, and as you rightly point out, they wouldn't allow that anymore. It's the, 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 most, the, length, the lengthiest license you'll have in the parish. Like this is seven, so I think I was one of the last to get 10 years. But we did enjoy our time here. And when Simon invited me to occasionally come up here, I thought that, that would be good until I saw the very first sermon that he'd given to me. And if you've read this passage today, um, it was very unkind of him really to drop this on me uh, about two weeks after he'd left and gone to another place. But uh, just a bit of background. Um, we need to put uh, the first PowerPoint up if we could, John. Because unfortunately, Sardis, not like Christ the Lord Broadfield, was a faithless church. If you know anything about the first few chapters of the book of Revelation, you will know that there are some letters written to churches. I don't know whether the bishop's written you a letter about the kind of person that you're looking for, I don't know. But um, John is writing letters here. Sardis, um, I was reading about this this week, was a city of past glories. Faded. Not like Crawley, it's got plenty of pre present glories, I suspect. Um, I haven't been long enough in the present place where we live in Worthing. But the shopping centre certainly is faded. Um, but uh, Sardis... Um, had, was past glories, and it had at one time been a, a city where there was a lot of faithful people. Then around AD 17, there was a big earthquake, and um, uh, the emperor Tiberius, who was the emperor at the time, um, did enable some rebuilding to take place. But this was a city that had once been faithful and good and prosperous and now was in serious decline. You could probably think of places like this in the country today. Isn't it been interesting watching the Pope arrive in this country? I don't know if any of you have been watching it at all on the television. Um, and he's obviously been well told about what's happening in our country today. Because some of the things he said, I think, you know, it's a pity some Church of England bishops don't say it a bit more frequently, quite frankly. You know, that we don't live in a, in a world where people don't have faith. The fact that you gather here Sunday by Sunday is the fact that you have faith. You wouldn't come here. You wouldn't bother to come here. And all around the country there are people who gather in Church of England churches and in Roman Catholic churches and in many other denominations with faith. And sometimes people like that feel very marginalised and pushed away. And some of the nonsense that we've had to put up with in recent years from the government and, and, and others about, you know, equality so that we all, you know, you're not allowed to exercise your conscience as a Christian sometimes. It's very sad. And, um, you know, it's good that, um, you know, in, in a place like Sardis there was once faith, but be warned. 
Now it's, I think, two weeks, is it, since Simon's gone? So you've had, you've had two weeks and some, sometime a new bright young vicar, somewhat younger than me, will turn up. Um, he won't just turn up, you will meet him, I've thought you have a chance to meet him beforehand. But he'll turn up and he will begin to lead you. Well, it might be she, I have no idea. You can pass resolutions of the Church of England stopping, ladies, but I have no idea what you're doing. It's not my purpose to do it. But you might have a he or a she who will come and seek to lead you. But in the time between now and then, you've got to stay faithful. And that's really this warning. Now, if you've got this Bible in front of you, um, page 1235... And I've got to tell you what it says. This is not comfortable reading. But this is basically what it says. It's the first few verses of Revelation 3, page 1235. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I've not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. So could we have um, the next features of the church at Sardis, John? It was going through a living death. That's the only way to describe this. And then three particular things I want to say about it, and they come. First of all, it was very half-hearted. Next one. It was apathetic. And quite honestly, it was going through the motions. Now, you know, I don't know how you feel this morning, whether you are coming here because you're going through the motions because you've got no better place to go to, or whether you've come here because you feel God's called you here to be part of things here. You're not going to give up just because you haven't got a vicar. It, it is amazing sometimes when parishes, I mean, the church that we were in in Burgess Hill for many years has only just got a new vicar, and that is a lady, um, after 13 months. It's quite a long time. I'm sure you won't want to go 13 months without a vicar here. But it is quite a long time, and it means there's a lot of hard work to do by the people who are, you know, a number of you here who are clearly in the leadership here. And the first thing I want to say to you is, um, if you are feeling a bit half-hearted, then it's understandable but you need to let God speak to you this morning and encourage you. Because the last thing you want to do is to go through the motions. There's nothing worse, is there, than not putting your heart and soul into something. Whatever you do, whether it's your, your job, whether it's a sport that you play, whether it's a hobby that you do. If you, don't, if you once enjoyed something and you no longer do, but you do it because you're expected to or someone else expects you to turn up somewhere, then basically you're like this church. They were just turning up because they wanted to, they turned up. Not because they wanted to be here, not because there was any enthusiasm, not because they loved the Lord, but because they were going through the motions. And this letter is telling them to wake up, get real. Because what is left is going to die soon. And then the writer goes on in verse 3. Remember therefore what you have received and heard. 
Obey it and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what time I will come to you. I told you it wasn't going to be comfortable. I don't find this comfortable any more than you do. You know, if what, if, if you're just going through things and, and things are subsiding, and I'm sure that's certainly not true now, but it's something that can happen, and they subside so much that they virtually just drift and die, then everything is gone. Um, I've just spent a year in retirement. Now, any of you who think that retirement is an easy option and you'd like to pack up work, well, just be a slightly warned, because um, we have found, and I particularly have found this year, quite difficult. Because I stopped being the vicar of a very busy parish, right in the middle of things, and then suddenly, um, although we've got a very nice house and fortune to have one, as a lot of people don't have, uh, suddenly to find a new way of life, to find a new community of Christians, and we've been very fortunate we've done that, to find a new routine, been quite hard at times. And there have been times when I have thought, God, what on earth are you doing? And I wish I'd not done this. I mean, I know my health has not been brilliant, so I realised it was a sensible thing to do. But it was, and you know, and I know what it's like to start going downhill. I'm not on the way out yet, um, <laughs> but you know, you know that you go downhill, you're not functioning as you should do. So just bear in mind, because you know, when you start sliding, it's difficult to start coming up again. And that's what John is warning these people. Remember what you've got left. There's an urgent call to repent and obey. Just carry on if you would, John. There's only a little hope left. Just a bit. And if you don't uh, repent and obey, it'll go. A thief will come and take it away. I will come like a thief and you will not know what time I will come to you. That's a very strong warning. Now I hope and pray, I mean I do know of churches that have died. That once had people in them, sometimes it's geography. You know, there aren't many people living there. And you know, and there was once a vibrant or living church there and it isn't anymore. And Sometimes it's just because people move away, but sometimes it's because people don't go. And they get shut down. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether you meet in a school, whether you meet in a church building like this, it, can, it doesn't stop you from dying. Just because you, you start off with a lot of life, and you start off in a, as some churches have in community centres and schools, and then they've had splits and all this sort of thing, and then suddenly they've gone. It's a warning to all of us. And this, unfortunately, as I read this this week, I thought, yeah, there's a lot of churches that probably, if they'd read this this week for their readings, would think, I wonder where we're going. I'm absolutely sure it's not to view, but again, don't be complacent. But then there is some little encouragement at the end, and I thought, well, I must leave you with some encouragement. So we'll have the third slide. There have been some who have been faithful. Verse 4, you will have a few people in Sardis who have not sold their clothes. 
it's interesting, wasn't it, looking at the Pope and all those people dressed in white last night, you know, the, certainly people white and, uh, you know, they'd probably all been to the, hadn't been through the washing machine before they went there, so they looked superbly white. But uh, when white clothes get dirty, my word, you see them quickly, don't you? If you get muck on white clothes very quickly, people see it. And what is, you know, what, it, what he's saying here is they will walk with me dressed in white for they are worthy. They will understand. The people reading this way back in the first century would understand exactly what he was saying. And he who overcomes will like them be dressed in white. If you stick to God and you're faithful, you will continue to walk in white. And then do hold on to this this morning. I will never blot out his name from the book of life, but will acknowledge his name before my Father and his angels. Now, um, every year uh, we are invited to sign up for the electoral roll. I've just, in the last few weeks, I've, you know, electoral register, I've just had mine and done it online this year, and you know, that's the list of everybody who can vote. Uh, and you can do that in the church in March, April time and you sign up. And you can only remove your name from the church one unless you request it. You can only take your name off the church electoral roll. In theory, if you move away, the vicar should realise that you've gone and lived 200 miles away. There's not much point having it on the list of, of members and he can take it. But otherwise, you have to ask for it to happen. Now, this is the opposite here. What God is actually promising is that even if you are 200 miles away from him, if at the moment your faith is just flickering but it's still there, he's not going to write you out. He's not going to erase you. He's not going to say finished with her or him. I find that amazingly encouraging because there are times when you do hang on by your fingertips you just have enough faith to climb there will be times between now and when you find a new vicar I can almost predict this for some of you when you will find it difficult to hang on you'll think I've got to go there on Sunday we haven't got Simon we haven't got a vicar yet we don't know who's coming we don't know what he's going to be like you know I've got to go there and do this do that Quite frankly, I've had enough of it. That's human. And sometimes you just cling on. And you cling on because you know that God holds on to you. And it's very encouraging <coughs> to me that I will never blot out his name from the book of life, from the faithful. So there we go. The worthy, the faithful, is another word. Dressed in white. Others have overcome. Names will remain in the book of life. And I want to encourage you this morning as you, in these very early weeks of the vacancy here, can't stand the word interregnum, it sounds like some Latin I used to do at school, but in, in, in the vacancy, when they, when they haven't got a vicar, um, I just want to encourage you. This church at Sardis was declining seriously. 
big time. It was going downhill. You don't need to go down that route at all. But there needs to be warnings that it can happen. And it requires the people of God here to be faithful. It requires you to keep um, the flame burning in your hearts. It requires you to let the Holy Spirit touch you and refresh you week by week as you gather and as you gather in whatever you do midweek. And you will stop or you will be prevented from being half-hearted, apathetic and going through the motions. And you'll be dressed in white, faithful, and you will overcome. And your names will be written and remain in the book of life. So may God bless you. May he indeed um, encourage you in these early weeks here. And may you indeed know his provision for you during this time. Amen.